Hello, and welcome to Walking with the Tengu, a podcast exploring classic texts for the modern martial artist. I really appreciate that you have chosen to join me on this walk today. It occurs to me that in the past I've been more clear about where I'm getting my source material. My primary source in English is usually William Scott Wilson's translation of a work, assuming it exists. However, I also acquire the text in its original language. In the case of Chinese works, usually from ctext.org, or in the case of Japanese works, I usually purchase a version with both the archaic Japanese and a modern Japanese translation. I found that amazon.co.jp has been quite convenient and affordable in finding these. In the case of the Budo Shoshinshu, I actually found a version of the Japanese text online. If you're functional in Japanese, it should be fairly easy to find with a Google search. There's even a complete scan of an old version of the text from 1943 up on the National Diet Library website. Again, all in Japanese, of course, but if you've got a little functionality, you should be able to find it. Be warned, as best I can tell, and really, I'm only a clumsy amateur, the 1943 version appears to be missing chapters. Not meaning that the scan missed pages, or that pages were missing from the book, but that whoever published it in 1943 chose to not include certain chapters. In the case of a text like the Budo Shoshinshu, where it was meant to be read widely, and as an instruction book for boys, the text is fairly straightforward. So, I first attempt to do a simple translation of my own, and then check it against Mr. Wilson's translation. As with the Tengu Sermon on the Martial Arts, Mr. Wilson's footnotes are extremely valuable for understanding the book in context. But, enough of that. On to the text. The chapter we are looking at today is a short one, but I think it is particularly relevant to discussions both in the training space and among other martial artists. Daidoji starts off by talking about how a warrior may be at work and get asked by a superior his opinion on something. If one were to give their opinion, and then the superior disagreed with them about it, Daidoji recommends just letting the matter drop, with a comment about the warrior's own thinking must be in error, and to listen carefully to the superior as the matter continues. Then he suggests waiting until a later time to reapproach the superior on the topic. Daidoji says that he might con- just reconsider and change his mind. The key problem here is that strong and repeated disagreements and contradictions don't really do a lot to change anyone's mind. This is still true today. There is a way to approach someone when they make a mistake or are in error. One way is to be direct, confrontational, perhaps even a bit judgmental, and call them out on it. This method elicits anger and shame from the person in error, and while I'm sure we can all come up with standalone edge cases where this is an appropriate approach, in general, in our daily lives, this is not a useful method of trying to change someone's mind. If your end goal is the actual betterment of the other person, I suggest that a direct confrontational approach is actually detrimental to changing someone's mind. If you want to further entrench them and have your conversation devolve into a series of angry logical fallacies as you both become more frustrated with each other, sure, take that approach. However, if you want to truly communicate an error in a kind and compassionate way with the end goal being the betterment of all involved, you'd best consider Daidoji's words. Taking the time to back off, consider the person's thought process, and think hard about what they're communicating 
you can often find a much better approach. Choosing the right time and place is also important, as Daitoji points out. Calling someone out in front of a large group of peers or even superiors can make a person feel attacked and elicit an emotional defensive response. Hardly helpful if you want someone to actually think about a topic. Instead, finding a time and place where emotions are not running high, where a quiet acknowledgement of the person's concerns and position can make them receptive to hearing an alternative line of thought. Just saying to someone that their position is dumb or anti-science or that you just want people to die is actually the antithesis of reasoned dialogue and an intellectually lazy method of discussion. You will literally never succeed in changing anyone's mind if you take this sort of approach. Daidoji also suggests that we consider our relationship with the person in question. If we don't have a close connection with the person, repeated contradictions is, as Daidoji puts it, extremely impolite, and should not be done no matter how helpful you think it might be. Again, the reason is simply that you will not succeed. If you actually want to be helpful, taking this approach will not accomplish your goal. There is one pitfall, though. Daidoji also notes that you will also fail to succeed in changing anyone's mind or bettering a single person if you just suddenly change your mind and agree with the other person with too many compliments. In his example, if you just agree with your superior, even though you know you disagree with them, Daidoji says this is contrary to reason. He makes the assertion that a quality warrior does not in any way attempt to gain the favor of one's superior through flattery. He ends with the observation that if you work hard, do your best, and yet still are not taken seriously by one's superior, then all one can do is accept it as one's fate. There is no point to raging against the so-called injustice of not being able to change someone's mind or force them to see your point of view. For a modern take on this advice, I again turn to the martial arts training space. If you've trained for even the smallest amount of time, you've probably come across that person, usually a new person, but not always, who feels the need to question everything. The instructor shows a technique, and this person is piping up with, well, what about, and fill in something that changes the situation. Well, what if they stand up? What if they have a knife? What if they have friends? I call this the what-if person, and there is no end to such lines of questioning. Now, mind you, there's a distinction here that I like to make. There's a difference between questioning and asking questions. Questioning is what I've already described. They are questioning the validity of what is being taught and trying to undermine its credibility with their what-ifs. Asking questions is when a person makes an inquiry that is meant to further their own understanding of the technique. There can be a fine line here. If a person is asking what-if questions that fundamentally change the scenario, then it's an easy answer. I like to say, well, then you need to pick a technique that is appropriate for that situation. In the situation we are considering today, and then continue with the training. You might let them know that you'll cover the situation they're talking about at a different time. But for the purposes of today, we're looking at this scenario. Too many what-ifs is a never-ending process that in the end only wastes the time of everyone in class. On the other hand, if the person is asking questions because they're honestly trying to understand the technique better, this is absolutely crucial to the learning process and should be encouraged. This is where Daidoji's method of disagreement comes into play. If you see something that you think may be an error while your instructor is teaching, 
you can try to frame the question in a manner that is respectful. I don't understand why the opponent just doesn't do whatever. In many cases, you'll probably get a real answer from your instructor that helps you better understand. If not, and if you have a good instructor, you'll probably get something like, I never thought of that. Let's try it out. Your instructor should be grateful for this, as I found that one of the best ways to truly learn a technique beyond just a surface-level understanding is to teach it to others and see what they come back with. If you repeatedly contradict your instructor and be verbally combative, you may be quite factually correct, but no one is going to keep listening to you, and you'll probably leave after a while as both you, your instructor, and your training partners get more frustrated with each other. At the end of the day, you're stealing training time from your partners. A more appropriate time may be after everyone breaks into pairs to practice the move and your instructor comes around to see how you're doing. Or the appropriate time may be after class. Or, as is is the case in some places, it may be appropriate to ask the question right then, particularly if your teacher cultivates that kind of dialogue in your class. You have to learn to read the situation. If you think your instructor isn't skilled enough to be teaching, one has to wonder why you're even training at that school in the first place. So our first assumption should be that you've missed something or misunderstood. Approach your instructor with that attitude, and you'll likely cultivate a positive, healthy research and development dialogue with your teacher. However, watch out for the one pitfall Daidoji mentioned. Meaningless flattery, trying to curry favor or flip-flopping back and forth on how you relate to your instructor, will be dead obvious to everyone else and undermine your credibility. Keep the betterment of all in mind, including yourself. Approach people you disagree with on a level of mutual respect and compassion with an eye to the place and timing, and you will likely find you can change a few more minds than you're used to. Of course, for those that simply won't listen or consider what you're trying to communicate, as Daidoji says, just be resolved that it is a matter of unavoidable fate and move on with your life. With the exception of a few situations, it is rarely worth the meaningless conflict. And that's all for today. Please help the podcast out by sharing and telling people about it. The best way you can help us is just by letting people know that it's out there and what it's got you thinking about. Thank you for listening and talk to you again soon.